I'm Josh Way. And I'm Jacob Stevenson. Welcome to our podcast here at Shutter Speed Media. This is a podcast for people interested in video and photo production in the automotive industry. Our goal is to share, educate, and entertain you with stories, experience, and content we created, plus bring on guests to share their experiences in this field. And today we have a guest, and his name is Nathan Clark. He is a local photographer here to uh, the Minneapolis, Minnesota area, and we met Clark... I met Clark in college, but when did you meet Nathan? Probably on some shoots when you've hired him to shoot behind the scenes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, behind the scenes photos that you see from our uh, big studio shoots or even some other things that we've shot. (laughs) And now I I read the the introduction again and I realized that we're uh, specifically usually talking about automotive content, but Nathan is not an automotive photographer, but... um, that's okay because we're close here. Friend of ours. He's here, and we're talking about gear. We're going to be talking about what he does in his um, specific uh, genre of photography, which is uh, really cool and f- uh, fun to follow. And uh, Nathan, why don't you give yourself a little introduction here and take it away? Hello, I am Nathan Clock. I am a Minneapolis St. Paul based um, landscape, cityscape photographer, been shooting photos for 15 years or so now. Um, say professionally roughly the past 10 only 25 so good majority of my life how long have you been photographing photographing (laughs) Uh, professionally or well professionally i guess i would call myself a professional kind of for like 10 years i've been shooting photographs since i was a child though Mm -hmm. it seems that's how all of our careers end up we've been shooting since children and then right so Nathan, um, in some ways you do shoot, uh, not cars machines, but you shoot a lot of aircraft as well mm-hmm. as landscape and stuff. Um, I've been out with you a couple of times, I think with, uh, uh, well, on some shoots for some planes or just yeah, we did that ca- recently. catching some, some cool aircraft and doing some flybys and th- stuff like that. But, um, tell us sort of, um, about all the different things you like to shoot. Um, and then we can kind of break break those down a little bit. Yeah, so I'll start with aircraft, what you said first. My dad, he currently works for Delta, um, but has been with the airlines for close to 30 years or so. So even before I was born, my whole family were involved with the airlines. Um, I know my mom, she was also with Midway, and I think that's how my parents actually met way back when. Um, so yeah, growing up, um, traveled a ton, and that's what helped, I'd say, starting originally a lot of my uh, photography journey with traveling around the United States and the world, um, being able to see right now like two-thirds of the United States, 15 different countries, and that was all before I graduated You've um, been to college. 15 different countries? 15 different countries. Wow. Yeah. I don't um, think I knew that about you. I didn't know that some, either. Some kind of fun fact. I don't think I've seen you travel much since I've like met you. No, <laughs> which, yeah, you haven't, because after graduated college, I lost all flight benefits, unfortunately. And that's just how Delta and the other airlines work, unfortunately. But yeah, before then, I was able to travel a ton. And more recent travels that I've been doing um, worked like another guy that we know, Lincoln Poole with Ladenburg Thalman. And I'd traveled with them anywhere from like Seattle to Washington, D.C. and everyone in between. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of conference work, right? A lot of conference work. So Met, got to meet some cool people like. Colin Powell, Robert Kurzweck, okay. Carly Fiorina. Dang. Um, and you photograph these people? Photograph these people. Um, who else did I get to meet? Uh, Scott Kelly, NASA astronaut. Great guy. Wow. Did he have a Corvette? Or, I'm not sure if he did or not, but he didn't there. Most astronauts do. Like, yeah, that's the thing. That's just or like ask thing him to do. take you to space next time. There you go. 
kind of cool guy cool story that's neat um and back had, on planes yeah going back on planes and like um yeah dad works for the airlines and growing up all around planes love planes and got to travel a ton that i'd say that's again how i originally started with uh, photography but for me my fun time right now i like to go to the airport a lot of times just say hey there's that plane i know exactly where it's going where it's yeah. coming in and well didn't you recently just do a job for sun country too yeah had a sun country job um friend of mine who lives in i think north or south carolina reached out to me and said hey i had this job come through unfortunately can't do it because i live way out of state no you love photography mm. no you love planes um that was a great be a good shot great connection yeah it was kind of fun and yeah anytime i can get out on the airport grounds that's really cool well hopefully it opens the door to more work like that because that's definitely, sweet definitely. stuff that's something that we've been trying to do or you specifically josh you've always said i'd love well, to I shoot like, like the, wanna, the rollers of cars but for airplanes mm-hmm. right it would be fun to get working with yeah like manufacturers and stuff but um anyway you've done more than uh, uh aircraft stuff tell us about like your landscape stuff. Tell us about your traveling and your and some um, action sports. Invention. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of action sports. Do you do it all? You do I it do all. a little bit of everything. So what would be like <laughs> except like, for automotive specifically? Right. Like our niche is automotive, right? <laughs> We've shot it all, but our niche is automotive. You've shot it all and you shoot it all, but do you have a niche, or are you just like the most ambidextrous photographer? I kind of be ambidextrous where I can. I mean, I know what I like, but I also can do pretty much anything you ask me to, which is a good thing to have. Um, yeah, a lot of what I do, again, I love shooting um, cityscapes around like the Twin Cities area. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite thing that I like to do, make sure just my images are powerful, colorful, impactful. I love to do either nighttime stuff, sunrise stuff, sunset stuff, or just anything that is out of the ordinary. Sure, um, right. Because if you follow your Instagram, which we'll announce at some point here at the end of the page to make sure you do, but... Um, from uh, from the viewer's perspective, it seems like you actually don't sleep. It, it seems like <laughs> generally you generally don't, don't ever <laughs> sleep. Sometimes I wake up in my nice warm bed. It's like 8 a.m. I'm like, four hours ago, clock was yeah. taking a picture. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it's right. recent times. Um, back on like other things I love to do. Uh, North Shore, Minnesota is probably my favorite place on earth to shoot. And had a recent trip up there. Um, what you're saying, Jacob, I think I woke up. At like 1.30 in the morning just to drive all the way up to Palisade Head, catch Dang. the Neowise Comet, and yeah. from there watch the sunrise. And it was just absolutely incredible day from that. But do you it's ever, always worth losing some sleep. Well, yeah. Do you do you see other photographers out there trying to get the same shots you do? Sometimes, yes. Yeah, sometimes, no. Those really earlier ones, no, because nobody yeah. wants to lose sleep over <laughs> right, it. Right, right. Like, That's the best time to do it. And right. you got this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to shoot this comet coming through. Enjoy it while you got it. Um, I think other cool opportunities we had up there... I known and good friends with the split rock lighthouse keeper so he's been Ooh. like he's allowed me to do many cool things up there with getting some unique angles climbing yeah. up to the light and i think coming up later this month uh we're planning on meeting i think with four or five other photographers to shoot the milky way um right behind the lighthouse as well as that's is there like, like a time of year that you see the milky yeah, way more? so the summertime um you'll get the galactic court coming out okay and 
just said, hey, got some people we're going to be meeting up with then. You're more than welcome to come. And so said, how do you, yeah. is it just communicating with other photographers or, I mean, where do you research all this stuff? I, I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't know there was a comment coming. All of a sudden everyone's like out. So like, where do you, if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you can lend some advice for anyone that's looking to do some stuff for sport or, you know, for anything, but yep. how do you research this kind of stuff? Um, Night Sky stuff for me, favorite app for mine is Sky Guide. It will say hey here's what's coming up this next month this next year next week whatever nice um also just follow a ton of pages in the community um rather that be on like facebook accounts instagram accounts twitter whatever and stuff just blows up because that comment wasn't found i think until late march and yeah it was like one of the biggest ones since i think the 1990s or late 80s and i think that your photography adventures would do well on tiktok See, people tell me that all the time, and don't do it. The government's watching. I think and it would the help. Chinese or whatever. See, I'm with Josh. That's one of the reasons why I'm not on it. I'm just like, okay, maybe once Microsoft buys it and it's been proven, sure, it's a little sure. bit more safe. Then I think I would get on that. But at the moment, I'm feeling pretty good with my what, personal what security. Mean? What do you mean? Uh, uh, you don't, you're worried that the Chinese are gonna watch your silly dances and you know, get you secret uh, information about America. I never know. Only that we're all a bunch of media obsessed psychos, but <laughs> no, I think that's really cool. I think the commitment to like getting up at odd hours is is noble because I mean, yeah, this is this is our planet and life is short and if you don't take an opportunity when you have a chance to, I think you are gonna lose out. Mm-hmm. And when you're an old man, if we get to be an old man, um, then those things that you do in life are going to be what you remember the most. Not, Absolutely. not the, all the days you sleep in, right. You know, not all the days you played, <laughs> played videos on TikTok and played Fortnite. Right. Um, it's going to be those, it's going to be those things that suck. This going to be those things that, um, are uncomfortable mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But so ultimately helps make you a better person and helps make you a better photographer and so doing all that. As far as we're yep. on the topic or now that we're on the topic of, you know, nice guy stuff. Tell us about some of the equipment you use to do this. Cause I've seen some wild pictures from you of like your setups with mm-hmm. these tripods and motors that track yeah. stuff. And like you're using your 600 mil, uh, 400. You have I want 400. to know your most outrageous setup and then also your go-to. So for night sky stuff right now, um, I'm doing a absolutely outrageous setup. Like what Jacob was saying, shooting on a, First hour with lens going down. Uh, Canon 400mm f2.8, um, which is just this massive honking lens, but lets in tons of light, which is really good for astrophotography and that type of stuff. Um, to get even more reach, I'll throw on a 2 times extender, which even at that time for, I'll say, quote-unquote, like a telescope, uh, 805.6, that's still very fast and very bright. So and you lose, what, three stops? Two stops two. at that point. Um, then shooting on the Sony a7R Mark IV, um, Six megapixels, that's huge, that's awesome. But what you do um, for good uh, astrophotography stuff is you want to ensure your shot is tracked, and that's where I'll use a um, guider for that. But how these guiders work is you'll put your telescope kind of on one end, you'll have a big counterweight on the other end, but it will rotate in the exact opposite direction the earth is rotating and when you point it to the night sky so is that pre-programmed in stuff or is it following gps stuff how does that work um 
And who figured that out? Because <laughs> these, yeah, somebody. Okay. I actually yeah. don't know how um, these trackers originally became to be at first, but essentially all they do is there's a tiny little motor in there, and it spins at the exact same um, speed that the Earth is rotating at. So when you're pointing up at the night sky, you'll see how like the moon, the stars, and things change over like a span of like an hour, a couple hours. But all that this thing will do is cancel that out to do crazy long exposures at very very faint um distant objects dang um recently i've been losing a lot of sleep on getting a new star tracker because the one that i have right now is i think rated for only 11 pounds not even that and i'm putting two to three times the amount of weight on that and i can only shoot when it's dead silent not dead silent but um dead calm at nighttime with any wind because I'm overloading my system. I'm not being that safe with it, but I'm somehow still able to get these incredible photos of the moon. The other night I was out shooting Saturn and Jupiter. Um, one of my favorite ones to get right now at the moment is uh, the Andromeda galaxy. What's kind of cool about that galaxy is if you look up in the night sky, it's I think six times the size of the moon. Um, it's hard to see with like your naked eye, but if you're up north somewhere with like zero light pollution, you can right. see it out. But yeah, the goal for mine right now is get something better so I can get safer shots and yeah. continuously shoot um, and just literally just leave my stuff out overnight and have the camera do its thing. Cause once you get an automated process, it just right. does its thing. That's crazy. Um, so you're really good at shooting Minnesota. I the love skylines, Minnesota. the up North, all the lakes and everything. Do you have another state that you love to shoot or photograph? Or is there one that you want to like challenge yourself to get after? Minnesota. I'm, Still always feel like it'll always be my number one, but I still feel like there's still so much I haven't seen yet. Now, can I ask you that? Is it because you're emotionally attached to Minnesota because you live here or is it because you have a different answer? I'm emotionally attached to Minnesota. I'll say that. I love the state. <laughs> I think it's one of the greatest states. But if there is one other state that I do want to get to and shoot a ton more of would be out in California, the okay. state parks. Um, photographer in mind yeah. that I love, he um, did a lot of his work in the mid-1900s was Ansel Adams. He was just a guy who right. did incredible black and white work and showcased one of, the one United of the best. Yeah. Absolutely one of the best. And showcased this country like it's never been seen before. Well, Have, I think he was one of the very first people to photograph like all the national parks. Wasn't I think he, he was. Like, yeah. He's like a yeah, world renowned Absolutely ridiculous. You could be the second person. <laughs> I know <laughs> they had a recent um, I was like the Department of the Interior had a job for a photographer that opened up basically what he was, um, he, Ansel Adams, was doing. And they're just like, hey, this is your once in a lifetime dream job. You can check it out. But oh, that would have been cool to get something like that. Maybe sometime later on in life that opens up. You never right. know. Well, um, as you've been doing with some of the stuff around here, I think you just kind of got to make it happen with some of it too. You know, mm -hmm. just go. You know, life is short. Um, so the planet stuff, I mean, you get so close on some of those planets. It's all just the 400 with a 2x extender. Yeah, that's all it is right now. I mean, now. it literally looks like you're looking through a telescope. What would, be, what would be your ideal setup? Is there an even more lens with a better reach? I don't even know what For you would call that. photography? Sure. Or things that are very, very far away. <laughs> if you're looking to do like a dedicated photo, like dedicated photo lens, that'd probably be a 805.6 would be super nice to have. Then throw on more extenders. But yeah, they have... I mean, obviously, dedicated um, telescopes you could use that are much lighter, but they're slightly slower in terms of, like, your f-stop, per se. Like, you can get ones that are 
2000 millimeters plus is there a limit to extenders uh to a certain extent <laughs> no i've been looking at right you now keep stacking them up but you lose a ton of light every time you do have you ever done any photography through any like actual telescopes i have not yet um i would love to i know get to like some crazy observatory and know there's a couple around the united states that actually allow people to bring their own equipment say a body for example of what they have or you can say, hey, I want to shoot this, and they'll provide you the data, I believe. I think that'd be a super cool thing to do. I know there's a couple great guys that I do love to follow on social media. Um, one of the guys, his um, channel is Astro Backyard. His name is Trevor Jones. Um, he kind of lives in, like, not like the same area, but if you were to look up at the night sky, just very very light polluted area but just to see the work that he puts out is very um what i'll say it lets me know that i can shoot something like that where we are and you don't have to be in crazy dark places yes you right. have to have a little bit nicer of a setup and some other like filters to cut through the light pollution but sure it's just beautiful galaxies nebula and clusters i'm like oh my gosh that's yeah. ridiculous and Can I like, ask, like, what our do you... eyes couldn't even see that. No. So, like, he has some like that is before he points the lens. So, like, what do you do with that kind of photography, though? You make sweet You're talking desktops? to some car people. Here, so <laughs> like, what do you do with it? It's pure, it's pretty. It's see, cool. See, that's where I am right now. I'm, I'm just like, do I want to invest a couple thousand dollars into something like this where I don't know? For all my equipment that I have right now, I've made all my money back on it. It's all paid off, and I know how to handle it. I know what works and everything i right. want to i guess delve into different territory where i need to be i want to feel like i want to be challenged i want to do something new and yeah. just learn new things i don't want to say like i'm bored right now in this time of covid that we have well. but i'm just like i feel like there's nothing i can shoot because all the normal job that i would be doing for example like sports or traveling yep. or with other people that's not here anymore yeah so i'm just like kind of a side project to pick up and that's true somewhere. what would be your market kind of like following Josh's question, but is that something where you go to like a science museum mm -hmm. and be like, Hey, I can take this kind of photo of you. See it. Give me a I budget. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still very much at the beginning phases of it where every single time I, I'm just going to pull up my Instagram real quick, but from what I know, the numbers at the moment, if I look back on photos that I have posted of night sky stuff, um, the moon planets, whatever, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six of my top nine photos have something to do with the moon or space oh. or something like that. And okay. Some of those I'm getting 30,000. So people 000. obviously like to see it as well. Yes. I'm just like, some of the stuff. But it's like, how I do you make the money? Sell prints. <laughs> That's true. That's a thing. But I'm just like, I want to sell. That's a tough thing to bank on though. It's rough. It's more of a, something to have down the road, something new. And I know this tracker is going to be good for 15 20 years they just last and they go yeah. but so moving on you've done a lot of sports stuff too there's money yes. there so you've been on like the nfl fields and stuff and everything yes i have so tell us a little bit about that what's your experience shooting like actual nationally televised mm -hmm. events like that yes um I'm trying to think big things that i've done I was a staff photographer with Minnesota United FC for five years. Um, that stemmed from my love of soccer. I played for 15 years growing up. My whole family's really big into soccer and knew the team um, well before they were in Major League Soccer. Um, my freshman year was at Bethel. Um, that's where I went to college, Bethel University. 
I reached out to the team and asked, hey, do you guys need anybody to take photos for you? Um, is this something I could just come and build like a portfolio and not knowing where sure. it's going to go? And they said, yeah, we'd love to have you. Right. Um, that was me one game. They let me have credentials the whole entire season <laughs> and got to know them that way. Um, then I'm trying to think what happened from there. Just but did they use the photos, or you just kind of use it as an opportunity to learn? A little bit of both. <laughs> I would say early on in the sports career, I didn't really quite know what I was doing, so I definitely, in retrospect, got taken advantage of by them. Right. But it did help, um, like in years later, get the full-time, not full-time work, but every single home game shooting for them um, from when they played at the National Sports Center and the NASL and then into Major League Soccer where I was with them when they played at uh, TCF Bank Stadium for two years. Okay. But, yeah, fun team. I love them. They do great things and so good friends with the uh, people who are in now. Do you move around on the field? I mean, are you just during this, uh, the length of the game, are you you're getting all sorts yeah. of different shots or, or like, do they want you in one specific zone, mm-hmm. shooting one specific thing? You know, mm-hmm. like I know from like an automotive photography perspective, um, I've got uh, um, peers that do like F1 photography and when you get credentials to f1 you are there with a very specific spot Mm -hmm. and you are shooting one thing Mm -hmm. you know um yeah so it's like they don't often come home with a a very diverse you know it's just one thing you're shooting one corner of the racetrack for the whole race that's your job yeah so you're watching for that one thing that one crash whatever that one Mm -hmm. move so is it the same thing in the sports world uh, depends on who you're working for. If you're, I would say, a team photographer, you're employed directly by the team, you have full credentials to go anywhere you want. Interact with all the players, go on the field um, during warm-ups, things like that, that literally nobody else gets to do. Um, so you're thinking people who might be working for like a wire service, um, think Getty Images, uh, USA Today, things like that, Pioneer Press or Star Tribune, all those guys have like a dedicated spot that they have to sit in pretty much the whole time. Um, I know the USA Today and um, they can go a couple different more places, but no, they don't have like, they didn't have quite the leeway that we did um, as if you're working for a team. Okay. But do you feel like you, uh, you, once you got it figured out, you were not being taken advantage of when you were working. Oh no. And no way. After some time. So you, you got, you got, paid a fair price for your work uh with that team no you'll find that in the sports industry they always want to undercut you and that's kind of every industry that's very much every industry and that's where (laughs) it's a battle with every (laughs) new client we get you know trying to not like like not get more than we think we deserve or whatever but like just educating them what our costs are you know and what our time can be worth and I don't know if that same opportunity arises shooting for uh, sports teams. but mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, that's one thing people thought of. Hey, you're a photographer with Minnesota Night FC. You're getting paid all this money. I'm like, eh, not really. A lot of it is for the experience for me. Since I love soccer, yes, you're paid, I'd say, what you're worth. But, yeah, that was one. I'm trying to think. Other big sports things I've done. We'll go back into the um I've seen things. I've seen some pretty sweet Minnesota Twins photos. I haven't done Twins. You haven't? No. Other baseball teams? I've seen um, high school footballs. Well, didn't you shoot I've football? done football. I've done okay. the Vikings. That's what I've times. seen. I yeah. have this one shot in my mind where the ball's in focus and the pitcher and the hitter are not in focus. That's a Bethel thing. Not oh, a okay, Twins okay. thing. Yes, wow. or another baseball. college that I shot for. Yeah. Um, 
So other big things that I've done, done a um, good friend of mine, he's the Vikings team photographer and got in contact with him uh, late my freshman year. And he asked me early on in my sophomore year when the fall season was starting, hey, do you by chance want to fly in a, there's a B-29 bomber, uh, B-29 Miss Mitchell based out of, was that South St. Paul? Yep. Fleming Field. And the whole opportunity is just like, you want to fly in this? First of all, yes. I love planes. Number two, flying with Bud Grant, former Vikings coach. I'm like, yes, that would be so cool. And a bunch of other um, great guys. I think they were all World War II veterans. But no, I got to sit in this plane. I got to go in like front nose. They still had the 50 caliber machine gun up there, original bomb sites. And like, oh, this is so cool. But also, don't break anything with your cameras because this is all original stuff. Just get the shot that you're asked to do. So I set up a GoPro and yeah, I was shooting uh, stirring the flyover of the national anthem. This was in Miss, Miss Mitchell? This was in Miss Mitchell. Got okay, to so fly in that. B25. B25, not B29. Yeah. I'm yep. sorry. I yep. did that. That's Come on, guys. B29 Super Fortress. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Thank you for saying that. I know my planes. I do not know my planes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know them too. They're great people that the commemorative yep. air force people, but yeah, I know a couple of people there too, but yeah. So that was another cool one. And it seems like every year they've asked me to do a couple random jobs for them. There was one year where, Oh, this was a couple days before the Minneapolis miracle. They said, Hey, we want you to go shoot around to the twin cities. We're going to have everything lit up purple and gold to get all these landmarks. So, and you have to get these photos to us with a very, very, very tight deadline. They're going to turn <laughs> on at like eight 30 PM. You have to get to five places, one in like a couple in Minneapolis, a couple in St. Paul, a couple in Egan, a couple in Eden Prairie. Wow. And get all the photos to us that evening because we're posting these right away. Wow. Like, all right, let's do this. So get the shots. Um, thankfully, I knew like all the best angles, the best times to get all these things because I've been shooting the cities for so long. And yeah, got that. They loved it. And That's nice. Had me back. There's a couple other cool ones that I've done. Um Getting on top of some apartment complexes right across from the commons from U.S. Bank Stadium when they launched, like, mass amount of fireworks going off. Mm. Um, that was after a game. That was a really cool one. I know one of the fun things that evening, got the shot, sent to them the shots, and so it was, like, after everybody's leaving the game, I see some girls scrolling through photos on their phone and their Instagram. I'm looking like, I know that photo. <laughs> oh, that's on the Vikings. I'm like... Hey, you guys want to know who took that photo? I did. <laughs> like, oh, that's so cool. Did you get her number? No, I didn't. <laughs> so, but, like, um, but I know the highlight of your career, obviously. What's the highlight? Well, do I, I even know the highlight? Yeah, that that job that you got when uh, Golden Peaks and Dynamic Photos hired you for that oh, behind yeah. the scenes job. So just yeah, just we got some great sweet stuff. Sweet behind right. the scenes <laughs> up at the racetrack. Yeah, no, that was must have been the highlight. I'm sure. Race track was cool. The NSX was cool. Getting that mm-hmm. wrapped. What else have we done? Big studios. Big studio studio shoots. Oh, those are the best. Warehouse yeah. stuff. Yeah. What did? Okay, so, so it was a pleasure working with you guys. Well, we appreciate it. <laughs> we know how to shoot vehicles. Mm-hmm. You know how to shoot action sports. Action sports and vehicles are close, so it's always interesting to see other photographers' takes mm-hmm. on how to shoot cars. Do you like shooting cars? Or when we bring you onto these things, you're like, ah. I love shooting cars. For me, I mean, I love anything automotive, not as much as you guys do, but <laughs> I drive my girlfriend crazy all the time. I'm like, you hear that car over there? I'm like, I can tell you that's a Subaru STI. Dude, just you, by the you sound. don't even know the beginning of it. <laughs> I know, I know, but I drive her crazy, especially Subarus. Yeah, yeah. My wife, uh, <laughs> yeah, I could talk her ear off, and she is not into it. I've been proud. At all. My my wife can point cars out now. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I love you. <laughs> 
Well, my wife, um, she does know, like she, she's gotten to the point where she can usually distinguish like the brand mm-hmm. of yeah. vehicle. And she's like, oh, that's, that's a Ferrari. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, that's one. And then she like, goes, Josh, that's a BMW and BMWs are the best. And we yeah, should buy no. a BMW. You know what she does say though? Porsche. She says, Jacob's BMW is a piece of shit and that we should buy more <laughs> Porsches. I don't know about that. Uh, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we talk about it every day. Um, All right, we're off track. I had um, a good train of thought, but I lost it. Photography. What's what is your take on photograph? What is your take on photographing vehicles as opposed to like planes, cityscapes, nature? Those are all the things you're really good at. I've seen mm-hmm. car photos, which you're good at. I would say car photos. Josh, you're the best. Gonna give you a plug. You're good. Um, you spend way too much time at it, and you kill it. Never gonna be there, I don't think. But the stuff that I try, I, I'll try to throw a different spin on like what I know. Um, things that work, things that don't work, and yeah, Which I just find just, it really interesting when somebody's really good at shooting a specific thing, right? Trying to do something so completely like, different. Yeah, so like you've got a sports action guy. I mean, that's all they do. They shoot. They go to all the ball fields. They shoot all the games, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like they'll show up at a car show. And they're like, yeah, no, I've really gotten into cars. I'm like, oh, nice, cool. And like, here's shooting photos. So like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a car photographer. Oh, no, you got Mm -hmm. some tips and whatever, whatever, whatever. Eventually, I'll see their photos on Facebook a couple days from then. And I just find it really interesting to see how somebody who's who looks at light so differently, you know, who looks at an object and usually is, is tasked with making it look good. You know, it's like whether it be a, a football player or a tree or a waterfall or a landscape or whatever, the moon, but then they try to apply what they know to a car and nine times out of 10, if not 9.9 <laughs> times out of 10, it looks like ass. And it's just cause cars are unique, right? So it's a complex shape. It's reflective. Um, cars definitely have angles that look best and other angles that look terrible on mm-hmm. different models. And you kind of have to figure that out. And uh, I'm no genius either. It just, it, for me, it takes work to figure it out. It takes, mm-hmm. it takes effort. It takes concentration and it takes planning to make my work look halfway decent. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to have the end image in mind and you have to know what steps to get there. With and shooting, with lighting, with yeah, editing, getting paid, everything. You got to make sure it looks the way the client wants exactly. so, versus what you think looks the best too. So yeah, well, even even amongst automotive photographers, there's different takes on how vehicles should look. You've got big people like Larry Chen, mm-hmm. and they just look like a natural photograph. Right. And then you've got you, and yours are like very commercial and like well, I, I, I want to say detail oriented, yeah, but I it, just it's try to very, create something that's that's a create an image. I don't, I'm not correct. capturing photography. I'm, mm-hmm. That's a good way to put that. Yeah, I don't know. Like Larry Chen is amazing. I don't know. I mean, there's it's just like, a very different look. Mm-hmm. He just goes with what he knows and what he's kind of figured out his style is and that's what makes everyone different unique and amazing so mm-hmm. so what would um, be your tips my tips <laughs> yeah if i tips. told you i'd have to kill you <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> my tips that uh so i get you know people reaching out to me all like often and say hey man got any got any tips for me and is this car in minnesota yeah <laughs> Uh, usually what I tell people mostly is just shoot, shoot, shoot. Like mm-hmm. 
if I told you what my style tips were, then your photographs would look like mine. You know, like that's not what you want. It's not what I want. It's not what you want. It's not what anyone wants. Got to find your own style. You kind of have to find your own style. Like, oh, what should I do for strobes? What should I do for, uh, you know, lighting backlight or, you know, front light or what, what do I do? What do I do? I'm like, just go shoot. You find and develop your style and mm-hmm. le- learn from your experiences. And uh, obviously there's a, a certain amount of education you have to do, you know, understanding, um, the technology of cameras and mm-hmm. how glass works and how apertures and um, shutter speeds affect, you know, the image and all that. But yeah, just work. It's hard work. Shutter speed media. What about it? Boom. Follow it. <laughs> no, we've got more. What else? I can pull a tangent off. I just I was scrolling through my Instagram feed like, hey, what's something I could talk about? I like bikes. I shoot bikes. Uh, that's a big one. Hey, um, that's on wheels. We that's like on wheels. wheels. I'm like, well, there we go. All right. Um, so besides being an amazing photographer, you're an avid cyclist. Correct. Tell me all about it. Do they ride up the tights? I'm <laughs> <What>? sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They look uncomfortable. Oh, I know. So like the clothing wear. I get it now. Yeah, that was no, I gotcha. Um, yeah, so I've been basically biking as long as I can remember. Also, hand in hand with photography for me. When I was growing up, I would just go out and shoot different landscapes or cityscape scenes, or whatever. And yeah, they just went hand in hand with that. Now, um, to have a crazy road bike would consider like a super bike. I think it's worth five or six thousand dollars and fully carbon fiber, very fast. And you should get into shooting. Like lifestyle action photos for bicycle manufacturers. I think. Yeah. Do you do that? That's what my tangent was because I oh, did. Nice. Yeah. Um, head cycling products. They're a company based out of Roseville. Um, they make stuff that you'll probably see in the Tour de France, the mm-hmm. Olympics. I worked company. for them for five, six years, something like that. And in college, I was roommates with the founder and CEO, son, Andrew Head. Um, when he first the last the kid, name is Head. Yeah, Head. Yeah. H-E-D. Head. Oh, okay. just like the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Um, so yeah, first meeting him, I think I knew a little bit about their company, but then his dad, when he was alive at that time, they come up and uh, come to. They came to Bethlehem. Their Sprinter van had plastered all over this thing, and everybody's like, "Who in the world is this kid right now?" Um, then you come to learn they had this super cool company um, where they make these world-class products that are used by world champions and using the Olympics to win the gold, uh, gold medals and are just super cool. So through that job, I worked for them, um, shot photos all day long in a studio setting, and we would get athletes either who, I'm trying to think what else we did, we would get athletes who worked there at head. So these people, they're essentially professional cyclists at nighttime, and they sell these things and market these things during the daytime. Um, so head cycling products worked for them in college and after college and the yeah, shots photos for them all day long. So like how you said, perfecting your craft in automotive things, I would perfect my craft in shooting bikes, shooting wheels right. and things like that. And I think being a bicycler, cyclist, cyclist, cyclist yourself, you kind of know, know what looks good and what, what looks look good, good. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, when the biker, the cyclist would be comfortable when he wouldn't be, you know, mm-hmm. like what feels natural, what doesn't through them worked day in and day out shooting photos of the wheels in studio. We would go out on action shoots with them, um, either on the twin cities area here. One of my favorite shoots that we did 
was for a mountain bike wheel that came out for them, and that was like the first time ever making it. They wanted to make sure it was done well, so working closely. Because they only do road bikes typically? Uh, Typically, yeah. Um, Either that or like gravel products. But the market then was just really hot, and everybody's wanting um, these mountain bike wheels. So we ended up going out to the middle of nowhere, Arizona. We spent four, five, six days um, shooting photos, shooting video of this product, and it's natural habitat nice biking 15 20 miles a day lugging all the camera gear around and yeah my boss at the time was an incredible cyclist as well too just so just to have him being the athlete and knowing exactly what he's doing just to beat on these wheels versus like a r&d type of thing as well as make it look really good in photos we got some incredible stuff out there and when you when was that? Because I don't remember seeing you post any of that stuff. Uh, that wasn't back in college. I think it's way back when on my Instagram. Still pretty feed. proud of those photos. I love those ones. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. I'll have to look back for them. I'd say I was proud about those. I know there's a couple in particular because I loved camera equipment, lighting equipment, everything out there, just to ensure that this is working. Had just some beautiful sun coming in, and yeah, seeing those photos used in print ads in right. magazine and large trade shows. Well, I think in a lot of ways, cool. like automotive photography, maybe not like in a studio setting, but um, is very similar to the sports stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's on very wheels, especially because like you're trying to convey movement, you're trying to convey action and mm-hmm. um, yeah, a lifestyle kind of thing. And uh, I think you get it. I think it's uh, always fun to challenge yourself on those shoots, especially when you're like in a new environment. Um, it's very fun to work like in a new environment because you feel so creative, like Mm -hmm. everything looks great and cool and new. And, um, it's really fun to, especially Arizona. Where were you in Arizona? Uh, I think it was North of Phoenix area. So like Sedona? I think it was around there. I forget where it was exactly. I think so. Okay, you'd yeah, know if it was Sedona. I would know. It's like gorgeous, I right? I it can't imagine it, like shooting in that area would be amazing with uh, even cars, let alone bikes, because the trails and roads in that area are insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super, super fun. All orange, all red. Feel like you're on Mars some of the times, right. and it was absolutely incredible. Right. Um, yeah, working with them was kind of cool. Getting to I would there was one time where one of my classes at Bethel, I had to have an internship for things. I was a marketing major, so getting to flex my knowledge with that getting to work with either head or other companies and seeing what are you guys looking for in shots how can i best right. provide you the best shots as my photographer side and my knowledge with the marketing side too um, right i feel like that's kind of goes hand in hand so you you um usually shoot canon right yes um i've been on canon six or seven years now okay. um, what bodies have you owned I have the Canon 7D. That was my first Canon camera. Um, from there, I got a 1DX. From there, I got a 5D Mark III to add on and the 1DX Mark II. And I still have all of those cameras. Okay. Um, recently, about a year ago, slightly under a year ago, um, I also picked up a Sony A7R Mark IV. I love the Canon stuff that I have, but... It's not high megapixels for landscape, cityscape stuff, or just anything that isn't moving. That's where that camera excels. But I would never use that camera for shooting sports just because the 1DX Mark II, that camera can shoot 400,000 photos. That's its um, life cycle on it. But I know people who've gone well over a million. I think my 1DX has 600,000 actuations on it right now. Wow. Plus their frame rates are, I mean, the the big Sonys are getting faster They're every day, but yeah. uh, you can't beat. No, you, you cannot know. beat a Sony body. Like I the, have, the, 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 you can't beat like the speed of the cannons, you know, no. for sports when you mm-hmm. need to like 
just do the bursts mm-hmm. and catch a moment, you can't beat it. But Sony's are they are getting faster. They're getting way admit. better. I yeah. mean, they're very much respectable right now. Um, yeah, I love the A7R4, but for still my big work, my paid work, I will pretty much always still use my Canon glass and oh. Canon bodies. Okay. I nice. just sold my A7S2 and it only had 400 actuations I on it. I saw that. <laughs> I went, I don't know. Can you look it up on a Sony? How many? So you have to take a raw photo and then, then take that take that out and you've got to plug the SD card in and then there's a website you can drop that raw file and it tells you your actuations. It's So it's in the metadata, but it's not mm-hmm. in the metadata? Yeah, Correct. I tried to find it in the menu system anywhere. I couldn't find it, but it's in the, the metadata of the actual photo. So can you just pull it open in Bridge and look at the metadata or in Lightroom? And I don't even not, think it comes up in that. It has to be something I found more this, sub-level. I found this website. It's like something super simple, and the, all, all it is on the page is just like a file drop. Mm-hmm. And huh. you drop it, and it just tells you that information. Interesting. So I've we never can I, I bought the camera used and yeah. only shot video, so it makes sense. Get an A7S three. I want to. I haven't pre-ordered it yet, but I, I think to. I'm going to. I think you'll like it. Yeah. But I gotta wait till September like 30th for it to start shipping, and then I right. don't even know when I get back. So Anyways, let's. Um, we're getting toward the end here. I, I have think, a tangent, but wait. I have a question for. Do you okay. have one more you, tangent? You, well, I have a tangent. If you're gonna try okay, to close, well, I was it. gonna ask you, Nathan. To this point in your career, what has been like your highlight moment? No jokes aside, or all jokes aside. All, all jokes aside. You like can what's have, what's one of your more memorable moments? As a photographer, you can't phone a friend. I'm not phoning a friend. I'm, oh, okay. I know. Um, I was. I had to pull, go through my Instagram because I shoot so much. Biggest. Come on, if you have to look it up, that's <laughs> not that memorable. I have done so many things. Leave me alone. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, my biggest thing that was incredible, so memorable to me, was shooting the solar eclipse in 2017. Um, they called that one the Great American Eclipse. My, oh yeah, yeah. Had this crazy idea. Um, I want to see this thing, and I'm gonna drive as far as I need to to get it. So my grandpa, probably about a week before this happened, said to me, "Hey, you planning on seeing this?" And I said, "Yeah, I'd love to." Not quite sure what's gonna happen. Then he said, "Hey, I'm gonna fly out to Minnesota. We're gonna rent a car, and we're gonna go to do whatever we need to do." And we ended up all the way down in this tiny little town called Arnold, Nebraska, and. Made it maybe half an hour before the eclipse started because we were literally chasing storms the whole entire day, not knowing if we're going to get rained on, if it's going to be cloudy or whatnot. But yeah, thankfully, right as it happened, um, the sky opened up and we had just an absolutely incredible view of just totality. Seeing the moon go right in front of the sun is unlike anything you'll ever see or experience or yeah. I can't describe the feeling. Like yeah. that's how incredible this was. Uh, yeah. And if that's you ever get a chance to chase one, I think there's one coming up in a couple of years on the East Coast. I would highly, yeah. highly, highly recommend. So trying my to see wife that. was in Missouri for it. Yep. During a, that was one she, of the areas that we were looking at. She going. had the same reaction. She's like, I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. Like it was an unreal experience mm-hmm. to go through. All of a sudden, it's day, and, and it literally nighttime. turns to an odd, eerie nighttime. Exactly. And it's day again in a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just so. It's just like otherworldly. Mm-hmm. Um, I to to add on to that to just tell a story. I've um, when that happened because I'm a mountain guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking up stuff on YouTube and seeing what people are doing in the path. You think on the, the guy with the rock climber with it behind it? So no, not a photograph, but like just to be up on a mountain during this. Yes, so there's a video if you Google it or on YouTube if you go look up um, uh, uh, Grand Teton mm-hmm. eclipse. 
the wildest video. I mean, there were so many people packed up on Grand Teton, which is a very complex mountain, mountain to climb. It's a, it's a quite dangerous mountain to climb for any amateur, but it was a pretty full mountain that day. And there was a guy flying a drone and he's like, they're up there at whatever, 14,000 feet. And you can see the line of the shadow come mm-hmm. across from from the west and like all of a sudden i mean it was unreal i would have like died to go i have two things like that. grand teton i was actually originally planning on going um i think driving like flying out there then renting a car but they wanted twenty thousand dollars for a car rental what? yes supply and demand it was ridiculous like the nation was ridiculous because everyone had the same idea exactly what i don't know but two i got a drone shot as well i had my drone up in the air and i got it going from one end to another but yeah yeah it was just absolutely wild to watch i mean that's that's a cool experience that's i think i think yeah it's a hard one to beat i'm sure is that your favorite photograph that's your favorite favorite, moment i don't have a favorite photograph people ask me that all the time it's just like Depends on what I'm feeling. I mean, there's ones I would say I'm more proud of than yeah. others just because of I'd answer the, it the same way. story behind it and what it took to get there. But I'd say favorite photographs are always changing. What are you feeling right now? Somebody's, oh, that's my wife. I was like, somebody's going in my mailbox. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Get the guns. So of everything that you shoot, which is everything, and you shoot that very well, mm-hmm. there's one thing that you shoot even better that's very specific and i wouldn't have thought there's so much beauty in this one thing right and you shoot this tree mm-hmm. and you've shot it every way Correct. like all throughout why? the year why Correct. this tree what is it about the tree at first it was just a normal tree um going out the way that my family would go um we would pass it every single time we would go boating um i think we've had our boat for probably 15 years or so now so we'd pass and like oh look there's that tree then when I got more into uh, photography, I just started taking photos of it in different seasons, storms, daytime, nighttime, you name it. And it's just something that I love. Um, hearing more of like the story behind it as well. I come to, f- I actually came to There's find There's a story out. behind the There's tree? kind of a cool story behind it too. Um, I found this out, I think three years ago when I was just out there randomly shooting, there was a guy who stopped and talked to me just to say hi and do you know how this thing came to be? I said I didn't. Um, I kind of want to pull up actually the, what I had. So while you do that, I'll down. describe it. Yeah. I mean, it's just a lone tree in the midst of a farm field. Yep. Um, and you've shot it, I don't know how many days of the year, but like many. Seems like every single time. <laughs> in all different weather conditions. So it's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. So, okay. Going back here, I said, first the tree, I love it. It's beautiful. It's this thing that has been standing for many years. Um, as you drive by it, you'll notice that half of the trunk is missing. So that's something that was kind of unique to see that this massive thing, um, which probably sh- shouldn't be standing because of that, almost like the injury that it had to, because it was struck by lightning um, way back when, I think it was 25 or 30 years ago, I was told it was struck by lightning. Um, during that time, the farmer who owned the field had a immigrant who lived with him. I think it was a Swedish immigrant, the guy told me. And every single day he would go out under this tree and just sit there and relax. But it was struck by lightning and he took care of it and kind of nursed it back to health. And now 25, 30 years later, it's still staying in there. Um, So for me, I want to respect that, that this person put so much time into taking care of this. Plus also just like the beauty of the scene with it being on private property and hearing stories of people 
finding these beautiful locations and turning them to like some sort of, let's say, quote unquote, Instagram destination where they have no respect for the land, the subject that they're shooting, and ultimately might get destroyed, something like that. But yeah, I've had hundreds of people ask me throughout the years, where's this thing at? I'm like, I will not tell you. If you know where it's at, please keep it secret because it's a beautiful thing. And yes, I think it could be shared with people, but also like the delicate nature of what the tree is and like where it is kind of want to keep it secret. Well, I think that's a good place to end um, on simple beauty and photography. I think uh, anyone maybe should uh, explore, take a note from Nathan and kind of explore your area, find what you uh, enjoy and Mm -hmm. just shoot and um, shoot, 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 find your own styles, find what makes you happy because that's what art is for. And if you can make a career out of photography, that's, that's all the more power to you because it is a difficult trade nowadays, but Mm Yeah, Nathan, it's been great having you on the podcast today and sharing some of your stories. Um, If you want to follow Nathan, I would highly suggest it. His Instagram is nclockphoto. That's N-K-L-O-K photo. Uh, He's got all of his work on there, and it is pretty spectacular to follow. Um, Go ahead and do that. Jacob, what else you got? Support him and support us. Go to his site and buy print. Thank you so much. Yeah. And Shutter Speed will be back again next week with a new podcast. And thank you for listening this week. Cool. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys. America.